We're back. We continue the farming show on your Saturday morning here on KGMI News Talk 790. I'm Dylan Honkoop, and last week I was riled up, and I said in the first segment that I wasn't as riled up, but as you can tell, this issue still gets to me a little bit. When we talk about real people being harmed by people playing politics, when we talk about real farm workers, real farms, and ultimately all of us as the public facing potential shortages because some people are screwing around, doing publicity stunts, and playing dangerous games with people's lives, and then lying about why they're doing it, I get really frustrated. It's just, it goes with the territory. So uh, <laughs> welcome back. And we continue uh, joining me right now, executive director of Save Family Farming and author of a piece in uh, American Spectator this week on this issue, Gerald Barron uh, here on the program. So Gerald, uh, the, the court in Skagit County, as we were just talking about with Dan uh, Fazio with Wafla uh, before the news break, um, was that uh, in the situation now is, is that um, the court's saying, well, really not much of a case here. And what I was pointing out to Dan was, look, in some ways, some of the damage has been done because they, they file this case likely realizing they didn't have much of a case. But that didn't matter because they got what they wanted. They created the PR that they wanted with the, the, the filing of the legal case to pressure our state's leaders, including the governor himself and his agencies, the Department of Labor uh, and Industries and the Department of Health, to basically put their desires into this piece of you know draft rules or I don't know if you call it, put it into law, essentially, um, that would cause so many problems, not only for farms, but also for farm workers. Explain what's really going on here in the big picture with this issue. Well, again, thanks, Dylan, for having me on here. And, you know, one of the things that really bothers me about this is when I read some of the uh, Facebook posts or uh, even people that I know and, and I know are really good hearted people. And they're they're saying, uh, you know, they're believing that this is about these groups really working for the, uh, the interests of farm workers. I wish that were the case. But the people who are uh, behind these actions uh, are being very, very harmful to farm workers, and they know it, and they don't care because they have a political agenda that has nothing to do with the interests of farm workers. If they, if they did have that interest, they wouldn't be taking some of the actions that they do. And Dylan, one of the things that you mentioned was uh, this legal action, and the the judge said basically he said, "I'm going to, you know, essentially said I'm sitting on the sidelines and seeing what the state does with this." Well. Look, if you understand what it is that they've done, they took this to court, asking the court to force the state into taking emergency action to implement uh, a whole number of very extreme measures about a farm worker housing, uh, that there was no law that would allow them to do that. There's no law that allows them to go to court and to write prescriptions that would then force the government to write these rules. Now, either they have very, very poor lawyers who don't know what the law is and what it isn't, or it was simply a publicity stunt in order to get the government, the state government in this case, the Governor Inslee administration, to take action to do what it is that they were not able to accomplish through their political activism. 
And that's exactly what the state did. So this was though this was not a legitimate legal case. They're abusing the court system and they're using it simply as a tool in order to get the state to do what they want. And then the state complied and they, the state came up with rules that were um, not exactly the same as what they were calling for, but were nevertheless extremely harmful to farm workers, first of all, but also to farmers and to consumers. So uh, this is the game that they're playing. And this is a long game that they're playing. Uh, this started way back in 2013 with Rosalinda Guillen of Community to Community trying to stop uh, farmers from using guest workers. Uh, and uh, in one case, in the case of a farm in Skagit County, she was successful in getting them to stop bringing in guest workers. Uh, and, um, and as a result of that, they ended up signing an agreement with, uh, with the uh, so-called union that she's, uh, that she's started. So that's the game that they're playing. They want to stop um, guest workers from coming into the state. These are essential workers uh, that, that are, are farms across the state would not be able to harvest particularly fruit crops without them. And that's what they're doing. And unfortunately, the state is playing into her hands and, you know, um, complying with the, uh, you know, the political games, in this case, the legal game that they've been playing. Well, and just to catch people up on, on what we're talking about, if you're just joining this conversation, if you're just hearing about this for the first time, um, this is about claims and unsubstantiated false claims, I should say, by uh, these activist groups uh, saying that farm workers are being put in harm's way um, in, in the COVID crisis, that, that farms aren't uh, farmers aren't taking the, the, the steps needed to protect them, uh, that the state isn't putting in rules that are protective of farm workers. It's simply not true. As we've interviewed so many farms, we're hearing from more farms in, in, in the court filings on this lawsuit now that these groups filed over this. There's just a, a huge uh, a growing uh, store of evidence of all the things that farmers are doing to protect workers as uh, the, the uh, lawyers in court yesterday pointed out it's obviously within their interests uh, to do so as well so there's no reason why they would want to put wor workers at risk because they need we all need to stay healthy to be able to produce food um, so this is what we're talking about the, these these groups have said that farm workers are risk it's at risk it's not true um, they they went to court over it, trying to claim in court that the, the state needs to do more. Um, and again, it's all part of what you just mentioned, Gerald, is a strategy to try to and and it's if I correct me if I'm wrong here, this initially started out as an effort I think that they thought would only target these guest workers that come to this country, but it, it spiraled into something that uh, once they put pressure on the state would also end up hurting domestic workers who already live in the United States um, and would cause so much more hardship and harm and put so many more people at worse risk uh, to COVID than in any situation even that could be dreamed up before. Um, that Yeah, again, uh, here I am getting riled up again. I promised last segment not to. I thought I was going to be calling this segment, but here I am. Uh, so frustrating. And this is, is the bigger game that's that's being played well, politically Dylan, we, with this situation. Dylan, we've been talking about uh, how the uh, effort that they're making and what the state would do would harm 
would actually harm farm workers when they say that they're trying to help them. So let's just let's just explain a little bit more detailed how this um, sort of yeah. thing would what they're doing how it would actually harm workers. So let and let's talk about Whatcom County. We have a lot of berry farms in Whatcom County, and uh, a number of them hire temporary workers, seasonal workers. These are domestic workers. Virtually none of them, uh, and I don't think any of them right now. Maybe there may there might be one that still has some guest workers, but uh, you know they don't hire guest workers. They mm-hmm. they've been able to find a, enough domestic workers. Now many of these domestic workers drive up to Whatcom County to the Linden area from places like California and Texas where they're doing farm work in those areas, but this is a particularly attractive place to come up and, and uh, work on the raspberry harvest or blueberry harvest or, you know, other, other, uh, other farms that they come and work at. They have um, housing available. They have government-inspected licensed license housing available, and I sh- certainly wish that a lot of the people listening to this could see yeah. the kind of housing that they have available. So they drive up. From let's say from California, there's a family that drives up from California, uh, and they come to work as a family. Uh, and one of the farmers told me just recently that 85 percent of the far- of the farm workers that they have working on their farm, and this is one of the larger farms, um, are operate as family units. They're they're families that are come, and so they come and they stay in this housing for two or three or four months, uh, and they live there as a family. So in this year, thanks to the efforts of these labor activists who say they're working on the interests of farm farm uh, workers and the state who has been listening to them, though that family that's driving up from California is going to come and they're going and the, the farm is going to say, "I'm sorry, we don't have the housing for you. We uh, we have to split up your family." Now the state said made an exception for families in in the housing rules that they put, um, but. Um, Rosalinda Gian and company, FUJ, they are demanding that families be broken up. So um, a lot of these workers, and whether they're coming to Whatcom County or Eastern Washington, they're coming up from some of the other areas, they're going to be told that they don't, they don't have housing for you. They don't have the license and inspected the best housing available. They don't have that for you because of these state rules. Where are they going to go? They're going to drive back to uh, California or Texas and not do the work. Chances are they're going to try to find some other kind of place to, mm-hmm. to live, whether it's in their car, whether it's under a tree or under a bridge, or maybe find somebody locally that they have some connection yeah. with and do some couch surfing. This is what the state, listening to these uh, extreme radicals, uh, these so-called labor activists, are doing. And this is the harm that they're doing. So, you know, we've talked a lot about the harm to the crop. You know, we, we um, with the state rules that they put out, we're looking at losing up to half of the fruit crop, half of the raspberry crop, blueberry crop, and, and apple crop and other um, fruits in eastern Washington. But that's not really the, uh, the, the real problem that they have is that what are they doing putting these people at risk who are mm-hmm. coming up here expecting these jobs? Why would you? Job. Yes. Why would you ever play such a, a dangerous political game that you would force people into a, a situation where they'd have to make that choice? I mean, they you talk know, about so many other things that are unfair and unjust that they like to usually falsely accuse other people of. But in this case, they would be creating a situation that f- would force vulnerable folks already to choose between doing something that's risky 
or losing their job. And it's not at all because of what the, the farms or the farmers want to do. The farms have the housing and they want to provide the housing and they want to do everything they can to make sure that housing is as safe as possible. You know, I have, you mentioned social media earlier. Some people are saying, well, why don't the farms just deal with it? You know, why don't they just respond to these uh, requests for uh, changes and, and get it done? The reality is they're asking for something that is not logistically within the realm of possibility right now. So how about we work together in the realm of what's possible and make something that will actually work here rather than lobbying for something that's not possible and hurting people in the process? Well, I, t I talked to today, I talked to one of the people on the state who works uh, on these labor issues, and they tried to reach out to these, these groups and say, hey, let us work together to um, you know, to find some some of the solutions. You you have some if you have some concerns about this. Let's. Let, but they refuse to do that. That's not their interest, Dylan. And that's what people need to understand. What this ultimately comes down to is about money, and that's what's really sad because they wrap themselves in the cloak of farm worker protection. And as we've shown, what they're calling for and what they're trying to do will actually harm more farm workers. Not alone, not only take away their jobs but take away the best housing that they have available to them. So it's not helping the farmers, but what they want, as, as they have found in the past, is if they force a, a shortage of farm workers, they think that they can get um, farmers to sign contracts with them that will allow them to take money out of the farm workers' paychecks. That's what it's about. They've made that clear in the past. Um, Ramon Torres has said, we need to have more union contracts, more farm worker contracts so that, uh, you know, that he and his wife can make a living at it. Uh, that's what it is. That's what this is about. They want to be able to take money out of these farm workers paychecks. And uh, they do that by trying to, um, to create a, uh, an even greater shortage in the available farm workers. So I just, I just, you know, people who are listening to this, need to reach out to people and say, hey, those people who are, who are saying that they're working for farm workers' interests, no, they're not. Uh, farm, farm workers in Washington state, uh, as in California, have rejected the unions um, almost unanimously. Mm -hmm. The United Farm Workers, who is also part of this whole effort, along with FUJ, uh, has been rejected by 90, over 99% of the farm workers in California. And that's one of the reasons that they've come up here to Washington, because they've basically been driven out of California. And that's not by the farmers. That's by the farm workers. They have had virtually no union certification votes, but they have had multiple certification votes to throw the union out. So <clears throat> farm workers and, we, you know, we have talked to a lot of farm workers, as you know, Dylan, because you've been very involved in this. We've talked to a lot of the farm workers in, in Washington state. They do not want these unions. They do not want these unions. Mm -hmm. And so the, uh, that's what these groups are trying to do is they're trying to say, okay, well, the farm workers don't want us, but let's see if we, if we can force the farmers into signing these contracts. And that's well, what the, they're the law, is. The that's laws are different. The laws are, you know, in, in California, they have a situation where farm workers would, would vote whether or not they want to be unionized and represented by a union. We don't have those laws in place here in Washington state, so it would be up uh, oftentimes to a negotiation uh, between, say, an employer or farm who's under political and, and public pressure to, to do something because of false accusations and a, and a false picture of, of wrongdoing uh, to try to, uh, you know, 
know, have somehow save their public image and uh, make a deal with these folks. That that's what they plan to do, and that's why they're making. You know, they've been going after boycotts of you know different people that our farms supply with their food, whether it's milk or fruit or or what have you. And that's exactly what their tactic is: is they try to create this pressure. And unfortunately, the media too often plays their game. They you know they come out and they do media stories, TV stories, or newspaper stories about this boycott or this or that. And they say it's all about farm workers and protecting farm workers. It's not at all about protecting farm workers. They don't. They never even bother to ask the farm workers if they if they want to uh, be involved in this. Mm. What they're trying to do is to make it so difficult for a farmer that they will say, "Okay, we give up. We'll sign a, an agreement with you," and then that allows them to take money out of the farm workers' paychecks. That's exactly what they're trying to do. UFW has been doing that in Eastern Washington, particularly as it relates to our dairy farmers. They've been boycotting uh, places like Starbucks and Costco and Albertsons and other places um, to try to force the farmers into, uh, you know, making it difficult enough for the farmers have uh, have these major customers of uh, dairy products uh, put pressure on the farmers so that they far- uh, that they sign these union agreements, and that's what their strategy is. That's what their tactics is. And the farm work is not in the farm workers' interest. The farm workers don't want it, and it's uh, it's extremely harmful to uh, to the farmers and to, to consumers and the yeah. farm workers yeah. above all. And and our food security now uh, that that people are taking that issue so much more seriously. We're out of time, but the upshot is. Don't take some of this stuff at face value. You've got to understand what's really going on. And someone may have a story that sounds so emotionally moving, but it may or may not be true. You need to ask some important questions and be skeptical when people are trying to do these kinds of things. Gerald Barron, Executive Director of Safe Family Farming, been with us this segment here on The Farming Show. Um, I'm Dylan Honkoop, by the way. And it's been a while since I mentioned that if you if you just tuned in to us here on KGMI. Gerald, thanks for your time uh, this morning. We certainly appreciate it, and, and we certainly hope that uh, the governor's office and the State Department of Labor and Industries and the State Department of Health uh, take note of the harm that this would cause to farm workers and step back from the, the draft rules that they've proposed that would cause uh, potentially a humanitarian crisis among these vulnerable people. And Dylan, I just want to say thank you to all the people who did reach out to the governor's office. We heard that they got over 500 comments. So really appreciate that support. That is so incredibly important. Thank you.